Welcome to the SBS Tour de France podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, the indoor training video gaming road to fitness. Used famously by riders in the pro peloton, Zwift is changing the game for indoor training. Structured workouts, group rides, races over endless kilometers of road. Get after your fitness training goals with Zwift. Learn more at Zwift.com to start your free seven-day trial. Bonjour, 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 and uh, welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast on a very, very hot day here in the south of France in Pau. And before we start, uh, let me remind you that you can uh, download, stream, or subscribe to our podcast on our website, sbs.com.au slash TDF, or you can schedule a ride or check out the ride, uh, including a Grand Fondo uh, happening on Zwift on the 5th of August. All the information is on the Zwift website. Joining me, like any day we have in this podcast around France, is Dave McKenzie. Hey, Dave. Hey, hey, my voice sounds tired. I'm, I'm, I'm two days to Paris. It's just as hard for us, I reckon. I've done a grand tour, so I can say that. <laughs> yeah, you can brag, I can't. Uh, so, very hot today. Uh, actually, steaming hot in Pau. Steaming hot. It was a strange morning, wasn't it? Be, because when I left this morning, uh, we were sort of at the base of the Tourmalet, actually, where our accommodation was last night. It was a beautiful blue sky, like magic. And I thought, here we go, hot day. Got on the highway. Suddenly it looked like, it actually first looked like smoke. It was actually mist and like low cloud and fog. And then it, we got to the finish and it just, the sun just burnt it all off. And it was actually, you're right, it was a steaming hot day, humid. Tomo thinks it was like Sydney weather. You know, maybe. Right, Tomo, it's not about Sydney every day of the week. Come on, pal. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think they took the temperature on the finish line. Uh, it was 47 degrees on the asphalt. Now, hang on. You... You've lived in Melbourne. Come on, if that was, if this Melbourne 47 or, or Poe 47? It was 47. That's an uh, official uh, temperature taken on the finish line, temperature of the tarmac of the, of the ground. Really? You're sort of proud of it, I can tell. You're like proud. Yeah, and you've never been to Poe, by the way. I'm telling the listeners, this guy, you mate, I reckon you're, people, people talk about Gabriel Gattier putting the accent on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back through your history. I'm not convinced you're French. Do you know what I'm missing here in Poe? It's a best friend. You're, you're, you're what, missing what? A best friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you haven't been to Poe, so I'd, I'd call you up on it straight away. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, let's talk cycling. Let's concentrate on uh, cycling. Let's concentrate on cycling. So steaming hot in Po, uh, the stage was always going to be a, a long one. Uh, temperature probably didn't really help. Uh, FDJ worked really well for a victory for Demar. And we will talk about this victory because there's a bit of controversy or question mark. or uh, Yeah, controversy is a good word for Oran Demar. Yes, yes, absolutely. And the reason is uh, because Andre Greipel tweeted, you know, not in so many words, but he said, you know, uh, Anu Jamar and FDJ or Group Armour, um, do you not realise there's GPS tracking? Yeah, chapeau for losing only nine minutes in 17 kilometres on the final climb. So basically he insinuated that he'd hung on, had a, had a long arm. You know, like a sticky, sticky bidden. Sticky bidden, a very, very sticky bidden. He retracted it because DeMar then had a go at him. It was interesting. They've both got form. Greifel's had form already a couple of times going blatant on Twitter. You know, you wouldn't want to... He'd never want to send a nasty email to his boss, I reckon, Andre Greipel. You know, he'll, he'll, like, sleep on it. Someone needs to tell him. But Anu DeMar's got form because he was criticised by a number of riders when he won Milan San Remo. 
Nonetheless, I'll just add to it. We had Simon Clark on the live show, and I asked Simon about Demar, and I didn't try. It was I didn't give him a loaded question. I don't believe in that always. Um, and Simon said, Demar has suffered through the mountains. He said he has suffered. So he said full chapeau to him. He said he deserves it. So it was really actually good to get a, a rider who is in the race and an opinion from them who have, their team has not won a stage either. Um, EF Education, Drapak. So if we uh, pedal back uh, for this stage, uh, the um, a breakaway went and then Michelton Scott was uh, at the forefront because uh, Durbo and uh, Eamon were in that break. Yeah, and again... Uh, kudos to, to them, uh, to the team, because they have not laid down and they've had to change tact throughout the race. They, they, they obviously knew that. They came here again, you know, for they came here for the yellow jersey, really, but they came here for a podium, podium place, I guess. And so far, you know, they, they've missed out. They've missed out on a number of things and they know that. They, they're here now to win stages. They're trying to win a stage and they tried hard today. When it happened, the group was too small. They needed a bigger group and they, they would have been aware of that. Let's have a listen to uh, Luke Dobridge. No, it was pretty warm out there, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I feel like this should have gone to five guys today, but can't do that. So all the guys in the breakaway were super strong. Um, we played a little bit of uh, cat and mouse with the peloton, tried to sort of go easy, go hard. But uh, I mean, in the end, we, uh, we gambled and we lost, but uh, gave it a good shot. Looking ahead, another stage in the mountains tomorrow. What's the plan with Adam? Uh, I think we can try and put Adam and Mikel in the break. Um, I think more the better, as we saw today. You have options. So, uh, yeah. I mean, fingers crossed we can get both of them in the breakaway and we won't stop until we do. And then uh, it's up to them. So there was uh, Luke Dobridge because he, he won the most combative uh, rider on the, on, the, on the stage. I mean, rightly so, because they developed a, a very good breakaway and they were at the, at the start of that breakaway. They were, and they were the strong boys in that breakaway. They were. And again, just to sort of explain it to our listeners, when I say they needed a bigger group, they needed six or seven riders from different teams and that would have pushed them further out. And the sprinters teams, they would have been buckled. They would have been under a bit more pressure. And then you would have had teams that would not have contributed to the chase because they had a rider in the breakaway. And that was the downfall. It was through no fault of their own, Mitchell and Scotts. They did everything right. They put two in the move and two strong guys and capable guys of winning the stage. It was just that lack of numbers. So that was a shame. I felt for them. And, um, you know, in the end, Simon Clark again, he, he was one of those riders towards the end there who did a late attack. So another Australian, you know, trying, uh, trying for a stage win. So it's good to see the Aussies, you know, not sitting back. You know, they've had a tough tour, a lot of the Aussies this year, and um, not, not everything's gone their way, but they're battling on, which is good to see. Yeah, and then uh, yet another stage where Covidis doesn't win. They finish second with Laporte. I mean, uh, we're we laughing, but we shouldn't really be laughing. But they haven't, they, <laughs> they haven't won a stage in 10 years. They have not won a stage in 10 years. That's more than 200 and plus stages at the Tour de France that they took part. They haven't won anything. It's actually, and all right, we do laugh. And look, there's this ongoing gag, and I'll say it. I have this gag about Cofidis. We joke, because about five, six years ago, I said, to, I said out loud in the truck, and I half knew, but I actually half didn't realise. I went, Cofidis is still in the race. They're in the race. They're at the Tour de France. And my producer turned around, and he went, are you actually serious? And I was like, uh. And for good reason, right? So we're critical of them. And then in a serious sense, I don't get it. I get it that Cofidis, uh, they're actually another, they're a sponsor, they've got a, they've got a caravan in the um, publicity caravan, so they've got a merchandise van in that. So I get it, they put more money into the Tour de France other than just the team. So the sponsor obviously is happy, he wants to have um, a team of all Frenchmen. 
I'd be employing someone, and I thought about this during the stage, I would be honestly employing a sports scientist within that team to go, let's source the best eight French guys, you know, or let, let's, let's source the best riders we can in the 20 or 30 that they have on the squad and, you know, get use a bit of sports science. It's like they don't. It's like, you know, I just think it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it. I, why put that much money in just to be happy to have your riders ride around in the peloton? Maybe it's just passion for cycling, but it's an expensive one. It, it, look, it is passion. Absolutely, it is passion, for sure. Uh, but I just think there's a point where you go, well, we want to win a stage. Surely, surely. And, and a lot of them are passion. You know, Jerry Ryan, he's passionate about cycling. He's philanthropic. Andy Reese, the late Andy Reese for BMC, was the same. But they want to win. They want to have success. And I would think the owner of Coffeeters would think the same. Look, Laporte came close. Let's... I'll be critical, but to flip it, he did come close. He was second today, but you said it. They haven't won a stage in 10 years. And and then just to finish on, on this stage today, Sagan, we know he had a massive crash yesterday. It looks like he didn't really take part to that sprint. Uh, do you think he's still hurting from, uh, from what happened yesterday? He's definitely hurting, but he did take part. He, he attempted to at least because about... When I say with second deal and Ted Park, he's not, he's not in the top three. Yeah, exactly. He was, he was still like top 10, I think. So I know we expect so much from him, don't we, every time now. But I actually thought he was going to produce the goods because he had a couple of teammates uh, doing the lead out with, I think, in the last 1.5Ks. He was right there and then he just got out of position. But he, he'd definitely be sore. I mean, it's, he's, he's human. He's proving that he's human. Okay, we'll take a short break and then uh, when we come back, uh, we'll have a look at what's coming up tonight on SBS. You're not going anywhere, are you? Not even getting me a coffee? No, 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 no. I'm co-host now. My duties, that, that pushes down the rank to our... Okay, I'll get my own coffee then. See you in a sec. Where can you go for a group ride that numbers in the hundreds? Or train for a fondo with friends across the globe? Day or night, there's a massive peloton on Zwift. If you're a fan of this podcast, you've heard us raving about it. Zwift has revolutionized the way we ride and it's made indoor training more than tolerable. It's actually made it quite fun. Explore hundreds of kilometers of road with your mates in real time. If you're watching the tour, and why wouldn't you be watching the tour, you'll recognize Alp de Zwift. The mountain matches up to Alp d'Huez, one of the most famous climbs in the tour, meter for meter. Get Zwifting with seven days free at Zwift.com. And uh, welcome back to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Now let's have a look at uh, what's coming up uh, tonight on, uh, on your screens on the Tour de France. Uh, it's a stage between Lourdes and uh, La Reims, uh, and uh, the distance is 200 kilometers and 500 meters. Uh, it's the last of the Pyrenees. It's a big one. It's a big one, the granddaddy. And we've got the Cold Tourmalet. It's a long stage, as you said. And you know what else? I love this mountain, as in I love cruising up it at my own tempo. Cold or bisque. 16 kilometers at 4.9 percent but two monster climbs and there's actually three there's well there's more than that if you want to count the category fours and the cat two one two three four five six categorized climbs is this the hardest mountain stage of the lot with six mountain climbs to that level if they've raced from the kilometer zero to the end With the accumulation of the three weeks, yes, but they won't, I don't think so. You'll get an opportunist move go, you'll have Sky set a tempo, and then you'll have a, then you'll have a, a fight. You'll have a fight on the Tourmalet, maybe. Now, that's still a fair way to go, though, but certainly on the Cold Bisque, you'll have a battle, because it's downhill run, then, to the finish, so... Maka, sorry to interrupt, I think... Is that Alberto Contador over there? It is, it is. Come on, get the mic. Run, 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 run. All right, I'm gone. Alberto, 
you're almost more famous now that you've retired. It's crazy. <laughs> Is it oh, no, no, it's incredible here. No, the the, the people, the, the support uh, uh, to me. The, the last year it was incredible here, and also in the rest of the world, also in the Giro and the Vuelta. And yeah, it's always a pleasure to be here. No? Is it strange for you to be back at the Tour de France for the first time, not on the bike? Yes, it's, it's <laughs> incredible. It's very different. No? When I'm here with Eurosport, and uh, when Eurosport gave me the accreditation and put TV, Alberto Contador TV, I need to look maybe minimum five, six times for look at TV, TV. It's not cyclist, no professional <laughs> cyclist. But okay, it's the war, no? The final, uh, yeah, it's the evolution. <laughs> and uh, I saw last night you caught up, of course, with Juan Antonio and Robbie McEwen. Uh, not so much a rival of yours, but on the bike, you were competitors and now you're friends. Yeah, we are friends and uh, with Flecha, uh, the relation is incredible. And uh, with Robbie also, I saw yesterday also night, uh, uh, well, and uh, for sure I will, I will be with him uh, for sure, I think, uh, at the Tour de Blander. And uh, yeah, at the final you, you can be here with the, with the other uh, friends of the, of the band, also the different generations. Good stuff, I'll let you go. Thanks for your time. Thanks to you. Ciao. Cheers. Thanks, thanks Alberto. Cheers. What, what a legend, Maca. Uh, we just, I mean, he's, a, he's simply a legend, Alberto. He is a legend. And, you know, you know, more importantly, he's just a nice guy. He's a really nice guy. And uh, he, he had his own, he had his own uh, sort of, uh, not stigma, but, you know, he was, he was loved and hated at a period in cycling. And, but I think what is really nice to see at the end of his career and we just followed him. We followed him along the finish line there. And he just, he needed to get away. And every time a fan yelled, and from different nationalities, Colombians, the French, the English, the fans that were alongside the finish line there, he stopped for every one of them. He did photos. And then we barged our way in. Uh, no, he's a, he's a legend. He's a champion, but he is a nice guy. And what he just said at the end there, I think I'll be at Tour Down Under. And uh, in the next, what, few months' time, next January. So that's fantastic if that's true. That could almost be a scoop if we uh, if we know this. It is. It is a scoop. You heard it first on the podcast. We got it. Do you know who else is a legend? It's you. Because I gave you, I gave you my mic and you got this interview. Thank you. <laughs> well, actually, you, you just kept pushing me. I was like, oh, I don't know if he wants to talk. And you went, go, 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 go. Take the mic, go. That's my role. Thank you. <laughs> okay, let's go back. Uh, let's go back to, to the cycling and let's go back to, to this stage. So uh, stage 19 towards the end. Uh, so it's a hard stage. You are saying, sorry, we just got interrupted by uh, none other than uh, Alberto Contador. But this stage, uh, so stage 19, you, you mentioned around an, an, an opportunity can be created with a breakaway. Where do you see this stage going? Because we finish on the descent as well. I think the break will go early because you've got a category four after seven kilometers it's only 1.8 kilometers but it is seven percent the break will go at the start i think and then you've got another climb another category four after 40 kilometers so it sets it up the start of the stage of the terrain sets it up for a breakaway and you know sky will they've got to defend really they have to defend they don't have to attack uh garen thomas doesn't have to attack that's if from is playing support to garen's if he plays by the rules <laughs> will he go on a long haul will he Will Sky do that? Will Sky say, let's force the other teams to chase? We're tired. Let's put Froome on the big attack. I don't think they will. It'd, it'd, that would be cheeky. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It'd be cheeky. It'd be, it'd be an interesting race if Froome did it on the Tourmalet. Wow, I'd almost love to see it. 
I'd almost love to see it. Oh, that's an idea in your head. Yeah, it is, yeah. Let's, I'm going to filter it through to them. But well, it'd create a great stage. I mean, when you follow uh, cycling for a long time, historically, Tourmalet, Obisk, those are really your na real names that are part of the legend, of the making of the Tour de France. Straight away, you've got images of the, the 50s, the 60s, you know, all these guys battling on those, on those tours as well. And, and it's ironic that we had just had Alberto Contador, Chaingate. Chaingate. Lucky I didn't throw that in, the curly one, the curly question. And if for everyone, the listeners who don't know what I'm talking about or remember, Andy Schleck dropped his chain on the Tourmalet. I think they were coming up the other side. I won't confirm or deny that. Uh, either way, they were going up the Tourmalet. Andy Schleck dropped his chain in the yellow jersey. Alberto Contador attacked past him. And there was all this. And, and when I talked about how Alberto was loved and hated at certain periods in his cycling career, part of that was because of that uh, and people called it chain gate he denied it he said i was attacking anyway well i didn't even know he dropped his chain and yada 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 and i'm pretty sure alberto took time that day so the, so the tourmalay has given us so much drama and so much uh, joy over the years i'm glad you didn't even mention that i'm called malay and you have a tour you can go around me the tourmalay that's a rubbish joke oh, in french you've just, well you've just done it you've just walked into it and that does not get cut from the edit it doesn't get cut promise uh so i'm gonna have to ask you uh who to win this stage it's a good question really good question um I really think an opportunist move will win because of the descent. Wouldn't it be nice to see, you know, I'm jumping from one thing to the other here, but it would be nice to see Roman Bardet because of the descent, but I just don't think he's got the legs to go up with the leaders. Maybe Quintana again in terms of opportunists because that's what I said initially. Cheapest, um, you could throw a blanket over 50-odd riders. I'm not even, I, you know what? I'm going to go with Mikel Nieve for the opportunists. And... In your opinion, there will be no change to the uh, GC on this stage? No, no. Garen Thomas will keep the yellow. Roglic will try. Dumoulin, I think, will try. But I don't think there'll be any change. If anything... Um but would, like, if, I, if I'm just throwing this one out there, but would someone like Dumoulin, he probably knows he's not going to claim the yellow jersey to that stage, but surely, just surely, he would want to reduce this two-minute gap he's got with Geraint Thomas because he knows two minutes is probably maybe a bit too much on that distance. But 1.35, it might be achievable. So could he go and try something to maybe get 30 seconds, 40 seconds on, on Thomas? Totally, totally, he would love to. Sky, Sky will be ready for anything and everything, though, so I think it'll be really difficult. And look, unless... I mean, Garrett Thomas, you can argue that he's been the strongest climber, you know. He, he, he's, he's been incredible, actually. Yeah, he hasn't... He's ridden really smart. He hasn't put himself in the red zone unless it's in the last few hundred metres of the stage and he's gained time because of his power. Um, so he's ridden really smart. He's been conservative, but he had to be. And if I was in his shoes, I'd be the same. So... He's done everything right, so kudos to him for that. And the fact that they finish on a descent, think the, the only way Dumoulin will gain time and gain 20 or 30 seconds is if G cracks. Like, he actually cracks on the climb and, and they have to wait for him and he's in bother and there's panic stations. So, you know, that, I think that's all Dumoulin and Roglic can rely on unless they have a super, super day. Yeah, OK. And then for the other jerseys, green, unless... So again, uh, falls, off. Uh, falls off again or has another problem uh, is basically is just to write just inverted comma has to write to Paris with it and the king of the mountain because it's important on the on the mountain stage it's already decided as well so are we going to see someone like Philippe also try to be flamboyant being French and try to just show the jersey again or will he sit back 
No, I think he will. I think he. I think he's loving it. He's full of confidence. He's, you know, he's climbing well. He's descending well. He's obviously attacking like we've got to know Julian Alaphilippe. So, no, and why not? Why wouldn't he make the most of it? You know, you never know when your last bike race is going to be, and and when your form is going to sort of drop off. So. I'd love to see him go on the attack, you know. Let's let's give this young guy every bit of sort of uh, airtime he deserves because he does. Absolutely. Thank you, uh, Dave. It was great to have you in the podcast. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow, actually, for to debrief this stage. L looking forward to it. And our overnight stop will be in Biarritz. I am, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to redeem myself because I took us to a shocking restaurant up in the northern part of France. So I'm bringing on seafood. It is the redemption of the DMAC. Do you know I don't like seafood? Oh, well, let's just kill is, that, is that your jaw that just fell on the floor? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. The French really doesn't like seafood or drink wine. I know. I think there's a whole show on my diet that could be uh, <laughs> done. Thank you, Maka. Thank you. That was it uh, for the uh, Zwift Cycling Central podcast. Uh, let me remind you that you can download, stream or even subscribe to this podcast uh, from our website, sbs.com.au slash tdf or schedule a ride or check out the rides with our friends at Zwift. Until tomorrow and the Pyrenees again, it's bye for now. A quick shout out from our sponsor before we go. If you're looking for a new way to ride without traffic or punches getting in your way, hop on Zwift. We use it, your cycling buddies probably use it, and the pros, they definitely use it. Zwift turned indoor training into a full-on gaming experience. Connect your PC, Mac, or Apple device, and you'll pedal with thousands of cyclists around the world. And there's a good chance you'll see a pro on there too. Loads of them are on Zwift on their rest days riding around Wattopia. Give them a ride on if you see them. If you've got a trainer, start your free trial on Zwift.com.